okay, now I believe that. I believe those words. But now how do I prove those words in my own life? Yeah. I prove those words in my own life by the fruit that are exhibited through my belief. All right, Word of Grace, welcome back. It's a Monday, new week, and uh, final week of our study in The Whole Christ by Sinclair Ferguson. Um, next Monday, we'll be in a new subject, and the theme is going to be um, the substitutionary work of Christ on the cross, a series of devotionals uh, in a book called It Is Well by Mark Dever and Michael Lawrence. Have you started reading it already? Uh, I read uh, not quite the first chapter of it, but okay. yes, I have. Yeah, I have the first two chapters read, I think, so far, and it'll be more, it's really going to be rooted in the Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And all these things have been, but it's going to be more of a biblical study. Um, and it, the substitutionary atonement of Christ we've been talking about recently uh, through Sunday school and different things, it's an attacked, attacked doctrine but it is, it is our only hope, Amen. Christ in our place. Um, so it's Monday. Uh, we are, uh, again, happy to uh, talk about this with you, and today we're going to talk about a subject that is, that is a very important one, and it's really going to be the whole week is going to be on this subject. In fact, Derek, I thought about doing this as a subject down the line uh, for a longer period of time, so maybe this mm-hmm. will just kind of whet our appetites. It's the idea of assurance of salvation. Um, do you think this is a critical subject? Absolutely, okay. because every honest believer would tell you that they struggle with it. Yeah. You know, you think about wanting to be sure about something, okay? Um, I kind of joked Sunday, a week ago Sunday, uh, because you preached yesterday, even though I'm speaking that into the future, because it's not really, it's not really Monday. Everyone understands these are yeah. recorded beforehand. But, um, you know, Leah was away, and I mentioned that I had ironed my own shirt. And I, later, I came upstairs, and I smelled this very hot smell, and I was I was worried that something was in the walls burning or something. So I was thinking about that all day. Like, and and whenever I leave the house, I want to make sure the stove is turned off. I want to make sure, let's say, the doors are locked or whatever. You know, we want to be sure of those temporal mm-hmm. things. And this mm-hmm. is something, I think, that every person just wants wants assurance. Now, what amazes me, and maybe you can speak to this, is there was a time, really even in church history, where it was said that assurance wasn't something that was promised, or even, right. you know, a Christian right. didn't have a right mm-hmm. to assurance. Did that kind of surprise you? Or uh, Yeah, it, it did. And uh, I wrote something down here regarding that uh, during the medieval period. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church taught, okay. uh, and I'm sure we're going to get into this in a moment. Let's do it right now. Okay. Let's do it right now. Uh, regarding justification and righteousness, mm-hmm. uh, the Roman Catholic Church taught that God infused the believer with uh, his righteousness at the beginning of their, uh, when they first believed, right. but that he would infuse them with righteousness throughout their lifetime. Right. And this created a host of problems, uh, the, the greatest of which was with uh, Martin Luther himself, yes. who really struggled with uh, the assurance of salvation. Uh, uh, and this was because they had a distorted view 
of the righteousness of God, they they felt that it was infused when in Scripture says that uh, the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us, and it is not imputed a little bit at a time, and we get a little bit here and a little bit there throughout our lifetime, but it's given all at once. It's a final and complete transaction. Okay. You said a lot there, and one of the things you said, I think, is for the next chapter, but that's no problem, because mm-hmm. um, we want to be spontaneous and okay. vibrant. <laughs> that's vibrant. not the word I meant to use. Um, I'll edit that out later. Okay. I won't, but um, yeah, like I don't know if this was from the Council of Trent because I didn't write down what it was, but Mm -hmm. in the Catholic teaching, uh, quote, no one can know with a certainty that he has obtained the grace of God. Mm. Now, this goes back a few years ago in Sunday school. I did a church history series, and I'd almost like to to do that again. In fact, Mm -hmm. maybe you and I should do another podcast, (laughs) 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 as if we don't have enough to do, on church history, because I love... Looking back at that, because even as we see in the Merrill controversy here that we've been discussing, like these things just keep repeating themselves. Yes, they these do. these yes, they errors do. These and these are perennial problems. Yes. Yeah. And and this one about the Catholic Church, which I'm glad you brought it up right at the start, was saying, you know, no person has the right to assume that they're mm-hmm. safe or have assurance. And I I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the Catholic Church did this because they like to exercise the power over the people and kind of keep them in their grip. Absolutely. Yeah. I, be, I believe that wholeheartedly. So the idea of, okay, here's our teaching that Derek, you know, back in the 15, 1600s, maybe it's still what they teach today, I'm not sure, you would come to the Catholic faith, and they say, oh, that's great, Derek. God has, what's the word you used? Infused, infused. righteousness to you, mm-hmm. but he's also going to infuse it in you when you do these acts of penance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or when you give money right. to our church mm-hmm. and and as long as you keep doing that yeah we'll mm-hmm. think that you're safe but your point and we're going to come to this i think in the next lesson too about justification being final and complete and it was really the reformers yes. like you said luther that mm-hmm. brought that out mm-hmm. now all of a sudden the church's power over you right not the church but the mm-hmm. church's power over you becomes null Right. And void. And no longer do you need to submit yourself to another person to mm-hmm. keep getting that righteousness. Right. It is imputed to you at that very moment so that the believer can have mm-hmm. assurance. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The, I, I mean, so you uh, agree you know, that it uh, is the hold that the church wanted uh, to have on you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, from a, from a uh, financial standpoint, yeah. uh, as well as just controlling people. Uh, and when you think about the personal priesthood of the believer, the fact that we would have that a person would have to go to another man to confess their sins, as opposed to I don't want to get off track, but as opposed to you being able to do that yourself, it was just uh, another way for the church to hold on to you, as opposed to you being held on by Christ. Yeah, and can you imagine that, Derek? Could you imagine if we did that as a church? I mean. We welcomed some new members a few weeks ago. Could you imagine if we said to them, now it's great, and here's what Christ did for you, mm-hmm. but now, in order to make sure that mm-hmm. that was, mm-hmm. you know, will continue into the right. future, mm-hmm. you've got to do X, Y, Z, and all of a sudden, you and I, right. as leaders of the mm-hmm. church and even the church in general, 
but ultimately there's people. It's not a, sure. a it's not an entity that is controlling you. These mm-hmm. are people. We've we've got a little power over you now. Yes, we do. You know, yes, and do. hey, you didn't give your fifty dollars mm-hmm. in the offering, and you sure you still want the grace of? Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy. And, and, and that's the very seedbed of uh, uh, the lack of assurance. Yeah. How can a person have assurance when they're thinking that first of all, God has to infuse? you with this righteousness that's necessary for you to even stand in his presence. And you get a little bit here and you get a little bit there. Well, what about if some point in your life you are not getting that infusion, then somehow that uh, now this so-called justification is, is, is lacking. Yeah. And one thing that we as Protestants believe, and I believe that we as evangelical Christian believers believe is that Justification is a complete thing. You can't add to it, and you can't take away from it. And God does it initially. Yeah, and I like especially what you said uh, a couple minutes ago. I don't know if you said it exactly this way, but our focus is not on the church or on ourselves for assurance. It's Mm -hmm. on what Christ has done. What Christ has done. Because the minute we start saying, well, it's on something I have done, mm-hmm. well, my life is a roller coaster of That's ups right. and downs, and so I have assurance when I'm up and no assurance when I'm down. So how can you really have any assurance yeah. at all? Here's what the, uh, and I, I love going through our catechism. I'm a little behind on the memorization. Are you behind on the memorization? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I want to add a new question, but uh, anyway, I love reading the Westminster Confession of Faith. Here's a section that is brought up, and, and I want to ask you a question about it. The Westminster Confession of Faith stated this, that believers may in this life be certainly assured that they are in a state of grace and may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And Sinclair Ferguson points out the word may in that mm-hmm. little statement. The believer may in this life. Mm-hmm. So the possibility is there, but then the potential also is not there. Now, you've right. been a lot of different ministries and, and been around the church for a number of years. Would you say that assurance among believers and certitude regarding their faith... Okay, let me rephrase it. Would you say that the struggle with assurance, that is, a doubting Christian, is an abnormal thing or more of a common experience in your in Not your only would I say it's common, but I would say that it is normal. Okay, yeah. So those struggling with assurance, let's say, shouldn't feel like they're experiencing something that is off right. the charts right. weird. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a common, normal yes. experience yes. for us to... And, and in the course of this week... We, you know, and I think this would be a subject that'd be worth revisiting later. We're going to talk about some reasons and causes for that, but let's begin with let let's begin with a couple a couple statements and maybe just quick answers from you, Derek. Okay. Um, Are you trying to say I talked? No, 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 no. <laughs> no this honestly, honestly, recording these podcasts is my favorite time of the week <laughs> because I just. Um, I, I like I like talking about the Bible. That's encouraging, and you're you're always encouraging. But I just mean, let's just try to give okay. some some quick, and then we can expand on it in a minute. Is assurance possible? Yes. Okay. How do you obtain it? You obtain it ultimately through the Word of God. Okay. What 
are we really being assured of? Or what do we really want to be assured of? Hmm. Uh, I would say that we're wanting to be assured, uh, assured of the fact that we are connected to Christ and we will be for all eternity. Yeah. This will probably come up later, but the, the question that most doubting people have is not the assurance that Christ can save me. Right. But did I have the faith? Maybe maybe not that Christ can save me, but did, that Christ did Christ save me. Right. And they want to be assured of their own faith, not mm-hmm. assured of the possibility that Christ really can do it. Now, there may mm-hmm. be people who are unbelievers that do doubt. Well, can Christ really, you know, but he can. There's no doubt he can save, mm-hmm. but the assurance is, did is it true in me? Right. And this is true on a couple of fronts. First of all, it is possible for a true believer to have false assurance. Excuse me, that was not what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Strike that. It is possible for a for a why don't I just read what I wrote? For a professing believer? That's right. It's possible for a professing believer to have false assurance. Right. And it's possible for a true believer to struggle with assurance. Absolutely. Right? What scripture jumps into your mind when you think about a, uh, and it doesn't have to be the scripture I'm thinking of, and maybe no scripture will pop in your mind, like a person who is self-deceived, thinks they're right with God, maybe even assured that they're right with God, but they're not. Is there a scriptural warning? Well, the scriptural, two scriptural warnings come okay. to me. Uh, the one is to uh, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith, right. and the other is to, uh, to make your calling and your election sure. And I don't think that Peter and Paul would have made those statements if there were not the possibility for the lack of assurance to be there. I have that scripture written down. Examining ourselves to see whether we are in the faith must mean that it's possible to think you're saved and mm. not be. It, right. It'd be like me giving the warning right now. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Derek, when you drive home, look out for dinosaurs. <laughs> I yes. mean, there'd be no point yes. to that warning. Right, right. Now, if I said, if, if it was stormy and tornado and tornado potential, and I said, hey, uh, Derek, be careful on the way home, there's storms. I'm giving you that warning because the possibility exists. Right, right. So to, for, it would be foolish, as you just said, for Peter and Paul both to say, hey, double check. Mm-hmm. Triple check. Mm-hmm. Look at yourself mm-hmm. to see whether you're in the faith, because the possibility does exist that you might not be. Mm-hmm. And the Lord gives us that very solemn warning at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew seven, when He says, "Many," I, that that word jumps off the page at me mm-hmm. when it says, "Many mm-hmm. will say on that day." May I ask you a question within that? Okay. Um, why do you think that some professing believers, and we can only go by people's profession? Why do some professing believers balk at the fact that they have to that they have been called to examine their their faith? Hmm. Yeah, we we've gone through that, and and I can only think that they imagine, you know, hey, I rely, I did something in the past. Mm-hmm. I I made a decision. I prayed the prayer and talked with the pastor. Why would I need to? look at myself, okay. I guess it would be that they're underestimating the need for fruit to be evidenced right. in their life, okay. or maybe it hits close to home and there's someone in their life that they they want them desperately to be saved and they're not demonstrating the fruit. Because when he says examine yourself, I'm, we, I guess we have to say, well, what am I examining? Am I just examining 
that I can answer all the questions mm-hmm. right, yeah. that I know yeah. the truth, or are they examining fruit? I, what I would think you it's think? a combination of both, okay. uh, because there is a, per, a certain prescription given in Scripture that we must abide by to be saved, but then there must be fruit or evidence to more or less solidify or crystallize that. Yeah. Uh, so, so do you I think, think it's that's why people? Do you think that's why people? Really yeah, I, I think you. I think you. You articulated it well. Yeah, that that that's exactly why. Well, and. Th- Again, before we started reading this book, we had that discussion in Sunday school class. Mm. And again, on the way home, it was asked in my car, well, what role do my works play? Right. And here we're kind of getting to that answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they are evidences right. of a transformed life. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not the ground rules for God's acceptance of you. Mm-hmm. Or they're not the earnings. You know, they, it's not what we do to earn, but it, but it is proof. Sure. Um, sure. First Peter 1, 4, and 5. I just use this verse in my Bible class because we're talking about perseverance, and it says um, that we are kept by the power right. of God, right. or that Romans 8 expresses mm. we will never be separated mm. from the love of Christ. Mm. Um, assurance is possible because of the work that right. God right. has done in our That's life. Right. Now, I don't know if we want to start talking about it now. We're at 17 minutes. Maybe we'll have a shorter lesson today. Um, but I, I, I guess, you know, I have a lot to talk about uh, in the next lesson. Um, but I guess we can start to say, how is it possible to be assured of our faith? How can we be sure that we truly have believed in the Christ who saved? And I guess we could ask ourselves that question, and maybe mm-hmm. I could ask you, what are we examining? Are we examining the fruit? Is that pretty much what we're looking at in our lives when it says to examine ourselves? Absolutely, and I think you're also uh, examining what you actually believe. Hmm. You know, I mean, when you think in terms of what Scripture tells you, what is necessary for you to be a child of God, uh, and, and be uh, associated in, in union with Christ. Okay, we need to know what that is, first of all. And I would have to say that a person that has more or less uh, analyzed those things and finally come to belief in Christ, uh, you would think that they would automatically jump to the next step of saying, okay, now I believe that. I believe those words. But now how do I prove those words in my own life? Yeah. I prove those words in my own life by the fruit that are exhibited through my belief. Yeah. I, you know, I don't like to use illustrations that might be faulty to demonstrate some scriptural truth. But I think I used this in a Sunday service recently. Um like, okay, so we've had some new families coming, and if we asked one of the children, you know, or let's let's excuse that. Let, let's say I asked the father, you know, hey, what, what are some things you enjoy doing? I'm just trying to get to know right. him. And he says that he loves tennis, mm-hmm. okay? You know, what would we expect to be true in his life? Well, we would expect, you know, that he plays tennis, that mm-hmm. he owns. He has some knowledge of the sport. He knows the game. He, he, he watches tennis on TV. Uh, in fact, for a person who says he loves tennis, you would think it would be over the top, not right. something that I do on vacation, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in a club, I play every Friday, I, you know, I am working on my technique or whatever. And then you go and talk to some other people that he knows that you're just, oh, we, we just met, you know, 
Frank, and uh, Frank loves tennis. And mm-hmm. well, I know Frank, and I don't think you got the right Frank. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. he doesn't like tennis at all. Mm-hmm. And, so, like, we can understand that in a in a human sense that mm-hmm. if you say you love something, well, there's got to be evidence right. to back that up. There you, go. you can't just say. Everyone who mm-hmm. says to me, "Lord, Lord," mm-hmm. you know, like. This is the and those people are even doing spiritual things, but the evidence must be there, right? And that's I think what it's talking about right, examining right. yourself. Maybe I, I'm I think not you're right also examining. Uh, I, I want to be careful with this, not longevity, not to say, well, I've got time and grade, so I'm a Christian. But Jesus Christ did say, if you continue, you yeah. know, then are you my disciples indeed? Now. Are, are you one who once professed, but then now you have just totally fallen away from him? Mm-hmm. Would you say that that was fruit uh, for genuine salvation? And would you say that that would be enough for you to be assured of salvation? Yeah. the There's many passages like that, too. Mm-hmm. Colossians 1.23 is the one you're referencing. John 8, uh, now you are my disciples if you continue if in my... Continue. That, those ifs yeah. are huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh Hebrews three fourteen says, "If you hold fast to your confession." So the 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 Bible nowhere knows of a person who has some religious experience and spends the rest of their life doing nothing for That's Christ right. and yet having right. assurance. Those are the people right. that have the false assurance. What we want to talk to in the next lesson and the next lesson, both Wednesday and Friday, is we want to talk to the struggling Christian who is doubting. You know, it, it, they're not asking the question. Uh, can can Christ save? But did he? They 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 are sure that Christ can save, but not sure if their faith is confirmed. And so, and on Wednesday's lesson, uh, if you are struggling with this, we encourage you to, to download the podcast and listen, uh, because uh, Derek and I would even both confess that we struggle from time to time with yes. assurance of our salvation. And so, we hope to give some some real gems of truth there in our next lesson. You going to join me? Are you talking to me? Yeah. (laughs) I'll be here. (laughs) I know you'll be here because we're going to just do it right away here. Appreciate it, Derek. Thank you so much. Lord willing, we will talk to you uh, on the next podcast. See you then.